baba, pose y a la baba con Opel. Pose y a la baba, pose y a la baba con Opel. Con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel, con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel, pel, 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 con Opel. Hey, acto de panade, y acto de panade, jura ve. Hey, acto de panade, y acto de panade, jura ve. Jura ve, 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 jura ve, 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 jura ve, 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 jura ve, jura ve, 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 jura ve, 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 jura ve, 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 jura ve, 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 popular Ukrainian folk rock group Otvinta with a reflection on our times, a more contemporary take on a traditional Ukrainian folk song Pusiela Baba Konopel, which translates as Granny Planted Hemp. Nowadays, Baba, although not this one, is just as likely to smoke it as plant it. Then again, who knows what went on back in the day. Otvinta with Nakurela Baba Zhuravlya. Vitaju vas vsih dorehi radiju suhači na radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Kurinja. Jaka podjece vam umisti Vancouveri što subote o šostiho denji večera na radio stanci AM1320 CHMB umisti na najmo kožnu iz sredje s 12. do 13. hodene na haveli CHLY s tohodeni CMFM i po vsemu sviti po mreži PCJ Radio Mišnarodnomu. Z vami Pavlina Makwari, diakuju štorišala per butezimnoju nastupnu hodinu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver, Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo, and around the world on AM, FM, shortwave and satellite radio via PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchuk-McCory, Pukrinska Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've dug into the uh, Nasholos Audio Fault again, and uh, we found that lovely folk tale series. So we're going to be hearing the story again of the stolen postola. We've also got a book review, our usual proverb of the week, and other items of interest, as well as plenty of great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is something a little more traditional than we started out with, uh, Karinya from the United States, a great young group that does a real traditional sound. Here they are with a folk song about that girl, Marichka. Marichka, <laughs> Chichari, chichari, roche se me kuchari, 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 roche se me kuchari, kuchari, kuchari. 
чесала, 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 як би мамка не знала, не знала, не знала, як би мамка не знала, не знала, не знала, мамка буде бивити, 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 я вся буду ганьбити, 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 я вся буду ганьбити, ганьбити, ганьбити. To the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media. Including this program, the foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Головна мета Ukraine War Amps – це допомога пораненим воїнам та патріотам, які захищають свободу своєї країни у сьогоднішній війні за Україну. Ukraine War Amps представляє програму «Всинови солдата». З вашою підтримкою наша організація зможе передавати принаймні 50 доларів США щомісяця для цільової підтримки якомога більшого числа українських героїв. 100% зібраних коштів буде передано напряму героям, пораненим у війні за Україну. Програма «Всинови солдата» будує унікальний зв'язок між вами і солдатом, якого ви підтримуєте. 
Все починається з вас. Візьміть під опіку солдата. Підтримайте героя України. Judas from Ukraine with a traditional Ukrainian patriotic song, Oi Uluzi Chervona Kalena, In the Forest There Is a Cranberry Tree. And uh, that was very popular back in the World War II era in Ukraine. Nejudes with Oi Uluzi Chervona Kalena. Coming up next is a more contemporary song. This is a song originally composed by Mandre, and it was um, very popular during the Maidan Revolution and the Orange Revolution before that. Here they are, actually it's not Manzara, it's Lesya Bahri and Nazari Karabinovich with Nisbe Moyaridna Zemlya, Do Not Sleep, My Native Land. 
ажур, де квітне дивний сад, де срібля станіч, тремтить у темних водах, у далекий край лежить нелегкий шлях, доки хижаніч кружля по колу. Не спи, моя рідна земля, прокинься, моя Україно, відкрий свої очі у світлі далеких зірок. Це дивляться з темних небес загиблі поети й герої, всі ті, що поклали життя за майбутнє твоє. Corner Book Reviews by Myra Junik. Ukrainian Stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Serhii Plokhi's non-fiction thriller The Man with the Poison Gun, a Cold War spy story. The Man with the Poison Gun, Serhii Plokhi's first non-fiction thriller, focuses on the life of Bogdan Stashinsky the assassin who killed Stepan Bandera, and Lev Rebet. The very first paragraph sets up a shocking comparison between fiction and real life. In the fall of 1961, while David Cornwell, a British spy more commonly known as Jean Le Carré, was contemplating the writing of his first best-selling novel, The Spy Who Came In From the Cold, the West German police were actually interrogating a Soviet spy. That spy was Bogdan Stashinsky. His story begins in 1949, in post-war Ukraine, when Nikita Khrushchev, then the party boss of Ukraine, decided that he needed to destroy the Ukrainian resistance by killing the leader of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, Oun Stepan Bandera. Bandera had spent years in Polish prisons, 
and the German concentration camp of Schassenhausen. His followers were now headquartered in Munich, the center of the American occupation zone in Germany. In early 1950, Bogdan Staszynski was arrested by the Soviets for a minor offense and given an ultimatum. Cooperate with the Soviets and become a traitor to Ukraine or face prison time and possible death along with his entire family. Bogdan chose to become an agent of the Soviets. Staszynski returned from Lviv to his native village and told his relatives that the secret police were hot on his heels. Everyone agreed that under the circumstances he had no choice but to flee to the forest and join the guerrillas. His initial task involved betraying members of the Ukrainian underground, which led to arrests and assassinations. When Staszynski's family found out the truth about what he had done, Staszynski had nowhere to go. He had saved his family by betraying it. They did not want to have him around anymore. The secret police would become his new home and family. As an agent of the Soviet secret police, Bogdan would be trained in spycraft and assassination techniques. His weapon was a poison gun, which would immediately kill his target with undetectable poisonous fumes. His initial target in Munich was Lev Rebet, a troublesome Ukrainian journalist. The KGB described Rebet as an intellectual leader of the Ukrainian nationalists who wrote articles inciting Ukrainians to fight against the Soviet occupiers. Staszynski killed Rebet on October 12, 1957. After his initial success, he was given a more important target, the leader of Oun, Stepan Bandera. Bandera's assassination was more complex because of his bodyguard, and it involved following the Ukrainian leader for weeks on end. However, Staszynski eventually saw his opportunity when Bandera was alone after a shopping trip and murdered him on October the 15th 1959, in the stairwell of his home. At first, authorities were mystified by Bandera's death, calling it a stroke or a possible suicide. The poison that killed Bandera left no trace, so it was not until Staszynski defected to West Germany that he revealed how Bandera died. In order to stay in the West, Staszynski had to convince German authorities that the KGB wanted to kill him because of what he knew about the Soviet assassination plots. He was eventually tried for the murders of Rabat and Bandera, and his trial opened up the truth to the world for the very first time. The Man with the Poison Gun is a very interesting book about post-war Soviet and European politics. Khrushchev's role in the deaths of Rabat and Bandera was shocking to the world community at the time. Today, the attempted assassination of Ukraine's President Viktor Yushchenko and the successful assassinations of journalist Alexander Litvinenko in London, Sergei Magnitsky in a Russian prison, and Boris Nemtsov on a bridge in Moscow are brutal reminders 
that the strategies of the post-war KGB are still alive and well in Russia. Plotky was able to write his book because of the information he gathered from Stashinsky's trial testimony, as well as recently released historical documents such as KGB and CAA archives. His extensive notes will be very useful to anyone wanting to know more about post-war Ukrainian resistance. Plotky is a historian, not a writer of spy thrillers like John le Carré or Ian Fleming, and he has difficulty describing Stashinsky's moral qualms about killing his victims. He tells readers that in his early days as a Soviet agent, Bogdan was confused since he had been raised as a Christian. The idea of killing another human being was difficult for him to contemplate. However, Bogdan did proceed to kill both Rabbit and Bandera, regardless of his confusion. Despite these issues, Plaki's book is an interesting and revealing expose of Stashinsky's life as a Soviet agent and his role in the murders of Rabbit and Bandera. Readers will be surprised to learn that Ian Fleming actually modeled part of his novel The Man with the Golden Gun on the actions of Bogdan Stashinsky. Although The Man with the Poison Gun is Serhii Plotky's first non-fiction thriller, he has written extensively on the history of Ukraine and Eastern Europe. His most recent works include The Gates of Europe, A History of Ukraine, The Last Empire, The Final Days of the Soviet Union, and The Cossack Myth, History and Nationhood in the Age of Empires. Plaki was born in Russia to Ukrainian parents, but grew up and went to school in Ukraine. He received his PhD in history from Kiev University. He was a professor of history and associate director of the Peter Yatsik Center for Ukrainian Historical Research at the University of Alberta. He is currently the Mikhail Khrushchevsky Professor of Ukrainian History at Harvard University. The Man with the Poison Gun is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Show, Cause that is where your heart is beat Cause that green
with Buria and his original composition that has been recorded by many other groups since and uh, just it's a great tune Fly Kozak Fly and coming up next also from Toronto a group called Zirka and this is a group it's been around for a while not as long not as long as uh, Ron Kahoot's Buria but um, they've been around a while and they're still going strong doing um, lots of performances and private events here they are they are called Zirka and traditional Ukrainian folk song Tejmena Pidmanula You Deceive Me Tiško 
Zal het boepje aan het shopje de maras op optionetie op mijn show te bedden maar heb ik manula bedden wel op tischkazalo moesten vol op bedden maar razen naar de motor ja op mijn show te bedden maar heb ik manula bedden wel op tischmeer heb ik manula tischmeer heb ik wel op tischmeer This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Welcome to Beyond the Blue Mirror, a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. Each program features a folktale or legend as well as a related real-life story, enhanced with traditional and contemporary music. My name is Linda Mikolayenko. Thank you for joining me. The Stolen Postole Bondachuk was up to no good. This rich farmer was always plotting ways to get the poor peasants to work on his land for next to nothing. And now, now he had his eyes set on Danilo, a big, strong man. But how to enlist him? He stewed and he schemed and he twirled the ends of his long black moustache until, until he came up with a plan. And then he sent one of his servants to steal something from Danilo. In the dark of night, the servant crept into Danilo's hut. Careful not to wake the sleeping man, he tiptoed about, looking for something worth stealing. But Danilo was so poor... He couldn't find anything. 
all night long. He looked, and finally, just before dawn, he realized that Danilo had no real valuables, and so he quickly grabbed a pair of postolets, a pair of shoes, and ran out the door. In the morning, Danilo awoke, yawned and stretched and rubbed his eyes, but when he reached for his postolet, well, they were gone. He scratched his head and tried to remember where he had left them, but he was certain that he had put them beside his bed as he always had. Outside, the frost lay thick on the ground. Winter was on its way, and he wondered how he would survive without a pair of shoes. As he sat there, suddenly the door to his hut burst open, and in walked Bundachuk, the wealthy farmer who lived nearby. Why so glum, Danilo? he said. Why shouldn't I be sad? replied Danilo. Some scoundrel has stolen my postolet. Winter is on its way, and I don't have a cent to buy a new pair. Oh, that is indeed terrible. Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. But、uh, don't worry. I'll、uh, buy you a pair of shoes, and、uh, you can pay me back by working on my farm for a year. Well, Danilo thought this was ludicrous. But what could he do? He had no choice. So he went to work for Bondachuk. Day in and day out he slaved, but Danilo was a big man, and the landlord fed him so little that he was always hungry. Finally, one day when he felt he just didn't have the strength to continue, he went to Bondachuk and he complained, How can I work when all day long my stomach aches and rumbles so? Again, Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll get my wife to give you a boiled egg every morning. And that way you'll have the strength to continue to work, and by the end of the year you will have paid off your debt, all right? Danilo agreed and went back to work. For an entire year, Danilo worked like a dog. He plowed and he planted and he threshed just to pay for a pair of shoes. And though he was still hungry, That boiled egg did help to give him the strength he needed to continue working. Now, by Danilo's sweat, the farmer prospered with bountiful crops and a rich harvest. And when the year was almost up, he really wanted to keep Danilo working for him. And so one day he called him to his house. So you finally paid for the shoes, said Bondachuk, stroking his long black mustache. That's right, said Danilo. And did you get a boiled egg to eat every morning, said Bondachuk, as he furrowed his bushy eyebrows. Yes, replied Danilo. Oh, Bondachuk gasped and rolled his eyes as if he was in great pain. Do you realize what you have done? What do you mean? asked Danilo. What have I done? Why, you have devoured three hundred eggs. If my wife would have put those eggs under brood hens, they would have hatched into three hundred chicks. 
those three hundred chicks would have grown into three hundred hens that would have laid a thousand more eggs. Those thousand eggs would have hatched into a thousand chicks. I could have sold those thousand chicks at the market for quite a sack of money. So you see, you, Donello, you have cost me a sack of money. Why, if I take you to court, the judge will make you work for me for at least another year. Donello listened to that tirade, and when it was over, he said, Have it your way, you cheat. But I'll not work for you, not for another minute. And with that, he stamped his foot, turned around, and walked out the door. But when he had cooled down, he fell into despair. Oi, Boże, što zimnoju bude? What is to become of me? How could he possibly win in court against a rich man? As he wandered the roads aimlessly, he came upon an old hutzel, a mountain dweller. What troubles you, my friend? said the old man. Now this hutzel was not only old, he was wise, and in his pocket he carried a blue mirror, and in it he could see where the rabbits slept, and how the stars fell into the sea, and what made the sun smile. He understood the languages of trees, and why the moon spread her skirts of melancholy over the hills. Danilo told him the whole story, and he finished off by saying, So you see, Bondachuk has me for good. I worked for him for an entire year, and now he's taking me to court. A rich man's greed knows no bounds, said the Hutzel. So you mean there's no hope, replied Danilo. Might makes right, and beggars can't be choosers. The judge is a learned man, but in my mirror he would see nothing. And with that he pulled out his mirror, and he gazed up into the sky and down to the ground and around to the forests and the mountains. And then he smiled and motioned for Danilo to come closer, and he whispered something in Danilo's ear. Danilo nodded, and smiled, and went on his way. The day of the trial arrived. Bundarchuk walked into the courtroom, strutting like a peacock, wearing a fine velvet suit. The judge and the clerk took their places, and they waited for Danilo. They waited. Minutes turned into hours. Bundarchuk began tugging at his mustache. Where is that fool? The judge looked at his watch, and the clerk tapped his fingers nervously on the desk. Finally, when they were just about to give up, the door to the courtroom burst open, and in walked Danello, heaving and panting. <sighs> Excuse me, Your Honor, he said, but I have been very busy. What do you mean, said the judge, what do you mean, busy? Well, I was busy boiling potatoes and planting them, boiling barley and planting it, boiling oats and planting them. Wait a minute, said the judge. You can't get a crop from boiled potatoes or boiled barley. Well, surely I can, replied Donello. 
just as surely as Bondarchuk says he could get a thousand chicks from the boiled eggs that his wife fed me. The judge looked at Bondarchuk. What kind of eggs did your wife give Donello? Boiled eggs, stuttered Bondarchuk. The judge looked at the clerk, and then at Donello, and then at Bondarchuk, and he began to laugh. And then the clerk began to laugh, and Danilo began to laugh, but Bondarchuk did not laugh. He stood there looking bewildered, tugging at his mustache, and then he grabbed his coat and hat, and he walked out of the court. And as his carriage clattered away, he could still hear them laughing. But that was the last time the rich man tried to take a peasant to court. Cultural themes are quite common in Ukrainian folk tales. Many of the Ukrainians who came to Canada in the early 1900s were farmers, and they came at the invitation of the then Minister of the Interior, Clifford Sifton, who praised these stalwart peasants in sheepskin coats. However, that reference to men in sheepskin coats soon became a derogatory term, as the newcomers were looked on with suspicion by the established population and it didn't take long before the immigrants began to encounter men like the Bundachuk in the story of the stolen postalea. My father came to Canada in 1930 and worked for farmers during the difficult years of drought and depression. One year my father tried to earn a little bit of extra money by catching the gophers that would cause great devastation to the crops. He was disappointed, though, that the farmer he worked for wanted to deny him even that. It was a story he often told me, so one day I decided to write it down, and it came out in the form of a poem. Here it is. Sure can do a lot of damage to the crops, those gophers, said Mr. Nicholson, sipping tea. Farmer with a reputation had 20,000 in the bank. 1934 is going to be a bad year for them, they say. Municipalities paying one cent apiece. Mike nodded. Immigrant hired seven months for one hundred dollars. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs. Sunset late on spring days. 
gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet for proof, put them in a box. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs, gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet, added them to the box. No chance to cash them in. Mr. Nicholson, you going to town? How about you take my gophers? Sure, Mike. Returning in his wagon, Mr. Nicholson holds out $2.37. Mike, you got those gophers from my farm. You work for me. My daughter wants a coat. How about I keep one dollar? Sure, Mr. Nicholson, sure. If he had a daughter, he'd rather she wear sheepskin than rodent. Beyond the Blue Mirror is a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Je remercie de son soutien le Conseil des Arts du Canada. I would also like to thank Ethnic FM CKER Radio for the Roger Charest Senior Award for Broadcast and Media Arts administered through the Ukrainian Resource and Development Center at Grant McEwen College in Edmonton. The folktale in this program is based on The Stolen Postelet and the Boiled Eggs from the book The Magic Egg and Other Tales from Ukraine, retold by Barbara J. Suen and edited by Natalie O. Kononenko. Copyright 1997 by Libraries Unlimited Incorporated. Used with the permission of Greenwood Publishing Group, Westport, Connecticut. The poem, Spring Harvest, is based on the recollections of my father, Mike Mikolayanko. My gratitude to him for allowing me to share it with you. Introductory music for this series is taken from Dance 5, from the CD Prairie Nights and Peacock Feathers, performed by Paris Tukayev, distributed by Olesha Records. 
This program also features excerpts from Hutzel Fantasy from the CD Ablaze, performed by Vasil Popoduk, and the original composition Krajina Kazke from the CD Reflections of Our Pioneers, performed by Duet Marena. I'm Linda Mikolayenko. You may reach me through my website, lindathestoryteller.ca. Thank you for listening. That was Sluhai with, of course, Sinasha Zemya. This land is our land. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. The Ukrainian Women's Association of Canada Vancouver Branch and the Ukrainian Studies Foundation of BC cordially invite you to the Vancouver premiere of the multi-award winning feature documentary Recovery Room. This is a story of hope, resilience and compassion in a time of war. It's the story of the Canadian medical missions to Ukraine, organized by the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. 
The screening will take place on Sunday, October 21st at 1.30 p.m. at Holy Trinity Cathedral Auditorium, 154 East 10th Avenue in Vancouver. Admission is by donation, and there will be a light reception to follow. That's the screening of the documentary Recovery Room, Sunday, October 21st at 1.30 p.m. at Holy Trinity Cathedral Auditorium, 154 East 10th Avenue in Vancouver. On Thursday, October 25th, you're invited to join the UCC Vancouver Ukrainian History Club for a new movie screening and public discussion. The movie is The Secret Diary of Simon Petlyura in Ukrainian with English subtitles. It's taking place Thursday, October 25th from 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. at the Ukrainian Community Society of Ivan Franco, 5311 Francis Road in Richmond. Tickets are $20. To book yours, email uccvancouver at gmail.com or call 778-899-8048. Then on Thursday, head back to the hall to enjoy a pierogi supper, and that'll be from 5 to 7.30 p.m., at the Ukrainian Community Society of Ivan Franco, 5311 Francis Road in Richmond. For more information, call 604-274-4119 or visit them at ivanfranco.ca. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Join me, Paulina, for the first hour in English, and Oksana Poparajnik for the second hour in Ukrainian. That's Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. And at 6 p.m. Saturday evenings, flip your dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me, Pavlina, for another hour of fun on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Please send dedications, requests, and suggestions to producer at nasholos.com. Your comments are always welcome. In between broadcasts, follow Nash Holos on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds, and more, visit our website at www.nashholos.com.
And that was a group from Ukraine called Leonok with a song that eh, could probably be my theme song every time I set out to do gardening in the spring. That song was called Oineros de Kropia, The Dill Doesn't Grow. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio Broadcasting in Vancouver on AM 1320 CHMB, in Nanaimo on CHLY 101.7 FM, and around the world on PCJ Radio International. Please visit us in between broadcasts at our website, www.nashholos.com, for transcripts and audio files of interviews and features such as Ukrainian Jewish Heritage and Kanishka Corner book reviews. As well, you'll find information about the show and links to our podcast feed, our new gift boutique, and our Patreon site, where you'll find the the weekly playlist and proverbs if you're a patron and a big shout out to our latest patreon patron max emission i hope i've pronounced your name right max and thank you so much for your pledge of a dollar a month welcome to our patreon community and thanks again for your support as well another shout out to uh, mike pinyansky also known as mahalo north on twitter who is definitely a guy to follow. Thanks for your patronage, Mike, since April of $5 a month. So thanks so much. It really means a lot. And again, you'll find that link and all the other information about the show at our website, www.nashholos.com. Bida nechodet polisi ale pomish ljudme. And our proverb of the week translates as misfortune wanders not in the forest, but among people. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, we have the Churchill Orchestra from Alberta and the Vivat. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Holos now has a Patreon site, and I hope as a listener you'll consider supporting the show with a donation there. Nasholos is not funded by government and has no corporate financing, so as little as a dollar a month will make a huge difference. Your money will be put to good use to help cover the myriad costs of keeping a show like this online and on the air.
So please check out our Patreon page. There are links everywhere on the Nosh Hollis website, www.noshholis.com, or just go to patreon.com and search for Nosh Hollis. And as a thank you for listening right through to the end here and sitting through my Patreon pitch, I've got a little reward for you here. And it is uh, one more tune. It is the Pioneer Kozachok by the Parkland Pioneers. Enjoy. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.